make a stand, make a choice. COVID is here, it's not going anywhere. Practice social distancing, wash your hands, and wear your mask. And whatever your ultimate decision is, remember, the life you save may be your own. Hi, this is C.G. Walwin. You're listening to Caribbean Views. Hey, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Caribbean Views. I'm speaking with Ellie out of California uh, this evening. Ellie, welcome to Caribbean Views. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, um, how are we being received out there in California? Uh, loud and clear, audio, five by five. Five by five, that sounds good. Um, we've been playing a lot of stories this week. The Jumbie stories out of St. Kitts and Nevis. And ironically, you were with us the very first night that we went live. And we saw we, you were looking at us from out there in California. Uh, since then, we've had people from Texas uh, throughout the Caribbean Ironically, I had a guy from Texas yesterday, a guy from Texas today, and just uh, tonight, I had a man from uh, Antigua uh, who's listening to the station, listening to the show, and it seems that people are now sending the clips from the show around on the internet, and so we're gathering more and more listeners. One of the things I like, Ellie, is the fact that even though we are living in America, and even though some of us are Americans, we are Caribbean by descent, and we still hold on to a lot of our culture. And because of these stories, a lot of people are being reminded of who they were and who they are and how they grew up. So how does the stories that you've been hearing affect you, and have they had any part to play or uh, do they remind you of anything that you grew up hearing or seeing? Yes, I grew up hearing my father, especially. Yes, my father spoke a lot about zombies, as we call it. And I never was a believer because I never seen what he's talking about, uh, even have any idea what he's talking about. But I had two encounters with entity that I know for sure is entity, but never seen one. You want me to explain? Yes, I was going to ask you, how would one know that they're being in, that they're in the presence of an entity, but not knowing whether or not it's an entity for they have not seen one? Okay. The first, the first time my experience being in the presence of entity and not seeing it, I have any idea what's around us is my cousin. I have a cousin in Jessup. He's alive today. Okay, hold on, a, hold, on, hold, on, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Uh, yeah. Remember that uh, some of us are familiar with the areas, the geographical locations that you're referring to, but then uh, these, these podcasts, they're on Spotify and different uh, venues, and so some persons listening might not know what Jessup is. Tell us where is Jessup located? Okay, Jessup is a tiny village on the island of Nevis in the Caribbean. 
the island of Nevis is a, a twin island uh, country, they call it now. Think it's a Nevis, think it's the capital, Nevis being the other island to it. And like I said, Jessup is a village in Nevis in the Caribbean. Okay, so go ahead, tell us about your cousin from Jessup. Okay, my cousin and I was just going through the bushes one day, like playing Tarzan, and we spot that old boiler in in the um, in the bushes. What's a boiler? This old boiler had holes big enough so we can go through. I think we were about um, uh, maybe 12, 13. Not sure. I don't remember quite clearly the age. But okay, but hold, we on, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. What yeah. is a boiler for those of us who don't a know? Boiler, a boiler, the old boiler is uh, the remainder of the the um, colonial takeover of the island, or however you must say. They had these boilers they used to make sugar with. Uh, however, whatever they used to do with it, it's got something to do with the sugar plantation. Is is and that, that was just in, in a huh? Is that a is that a, a pot or some? If if okay, since I'm in America, America now, and the the boiler looks something like the original number six oil burner, just this big barrel with tubes. Okay, okay, yeah, okay, thanks. And that's the same look that that boiler that old boiler um, have that we came across in the Caribbean in the bushes. Okay. So my experience with the entity is we were just going in and out of the boiler, maybe playing hide and seek, and then we just left. He went home, I went home. The next day he came to me and said, oh, Ellie, did you say anything to my mama? I said, no. He said, because... She, she wakes up this morning and say we must not go back in the boiler again because some lady come to her and tell her she don't know who's the other person, which is me, but tell uh-huh. your son don't go back there. Wow. Yes. Wow. He, he said, you sure you didn't say anything to her? I said, no, I didn't. And that was just something in me that from that day I never forget. Man, I just got so, chills. Yeah. <laughs> I just got yes, chills. So believe me, I passed that boiler Several times I never go close to it again. Wow. <laughs> but whoever, this, whoever the entity or spirit is, they didn't know who I am, and maybe that's why I don't deal with them. I don't know them. Mm. The next experience around the same area, one day I was coming from pasture with my sheep. I had 20 sheep. And, you know, it was about 10 o'clock that night. I'm coming home. And just when they reached, the bridge area, none of the sheep want to move. I'm saying, see, see, they don't want to move. I'm not seeing what's stopping them, but they won't move. So I ran past the sheep, and the sheep gather in the same direction and follow me and pass me. <laughs> wow. So, so that's my true experience. And you said you commanded the sheep by saying, see. You know, when you pick up the rope and make a bubble, like um, a, a wave, okay. trying to sh- shoot them on, none yes. they won't move. Okay. But so the, when I ran past them, because I said, no, you, you guys here just don't want to move. I'm going to leave you guys. And when yeah. I run, run past them, they run. Let's say, they, they, just look at the road right now. You got the left and the right side. Uh-huh. And I remember running on the right side, leave them. And none of the sheep pass on the left side. They just 
move over to the right and run past me. Wow, man, that's kind of weird. And what part of Nevis was this? See, I didn't see anything. What part of Nevis was this? This isn't Jessup. I saw Jessup. So. And the Go exact ahead. location is if you leave Jessup going up the road going um, to Charlestown, uh-huh. the, the, the area is right before you got to Four Seasons. Before yeah. you get to Four Seasons on the hill. And that's, that's Four Seasons Hotel, that. correct? Yes. Okay. So you've had two experiences with entities in Nevis, even yes. though you they would, did not make themselves visible to you, you could tell by the presence sense. that they existed. Right. right. Wow. I'm still thinking about the first time, though, when that person went and told the guy's mom that y'all were in the boiler. It, it sent chills through my body because <laughs> I've had some similar experiences growing up uh, on St. Kitts. And um, I can tell you a personal story. I um, I got well. Let me let me put it in a, another way. I had to get certain security clearances. I had a security clearance all the way up to the president of the United States, and I had to get my psychological annual psychological. And it was done in Washington, D.C. And they asked me a question. Do you see things uh, Do you see things that's, that's not there? And I said, well, if you're referring to Jumbi, uh, I've seen Jumbi as a child. And the guy um, asked me, how long have I been sick? And I asked him, what do you mean? He said, because you're seeing things that's not there. I said, hold up a minute, man. Hold up a minute. That says, I'm Caribbean by birth. I'm an American, but I'm Caribbean by birth. It says, and there are certain things within our culture that we believe in. You may not believe. You may not believe because you don't understand. But anyway, let me explain. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in the Bible? He said, yes. I said, you believe in Jesus? He said, yes. I asked him two questions. Do you remember when the disciples were in the room after Jesus was crucified? Do you remember that Jesus came through a wall to them in a locked room? So were they also sick by the account that they gave? And he looked at me. I said, let's go one step further. You believe in Jesus, you told me, correct? He said, yes. I said, well, you remember the time when his disciples fell asleep in a boat and they woke up and saw him walking on the water? Do you remember what he said to them? He said, you looked like you saw a ghost. So if Jesus, who you believe in, can use the term ghost and he can walk through a wall, said, there's nothing wrong with me. And that's when he passed me. <laughs> that's, good, when he, that's, that's when he cleared me. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if what I saw was real, but I know that uh, one time in Newtown, I was about three or four years old, and I saw a, a dog go under the bed, and it had gold feet. My mom looked and didn't find it. 
I remember one time up the village on Walwyn Street. A neighbor had died, and he was standing in the crowd of us. We were out there talking. You know, we didn't have lights back then. This is in the 60s, early 60s. There was no lights, like maybe one every block. And this guy was standing there in the middle of everybody listening to the conversations. And I saw him, and I pointed him out, and I went in the house, and they tried to get me to come back out, and I wouldn't. I was scared. So I've I've seen what I thought was. I don't know if they truly exist, but based on our culture, that's what I saw. What were your other experiences? Well, only those two experiences I had. Okay. And I never had another experience. What are some of the stories your parents told you in Nevis or your grandparents told you in Nevis? I heard my father say, um, sometimes they will see a blaze of fire in the mountain. <laughs> jack-o'-lanterns. The jack-o'-lanterns, yeah. yes. And another time he told me he saw a person looking like a person but transparent and he only can see like the from the belly button up so the person ain't got no legs so oh, that's wow. when he realized he, he got he can't be real and he ran home well i can tell you again <laughs> um <laughs> my show is my show is all over on on youtube not youtube on the internet mm-hmm on uh, iTunes and all those different places, and it's on LinkedIn. I put out a notice on LinkedIn tonight. It's on Twitter. So I'm going to say something. I don't need to get another security clearance because I'm about to stop working. But I can tell you, when I was a little boy in St. Croix, about 16 years old, it was about, I'd say, approximately uh, 2.30 in the morning, and I was leaving Grove Place, trying to go home. I don't know why I waited so late. There were no buses running, but I had to catch a ride. And I caught a ride home, but I had to walk the last mile or half a mile to the house um, in the dark. There were no street lights. And as I approached my house, I want you to imagine that and between me and the other end of the street is my house. I saw a lady coming down the street towards me. The only thing wrong with this lady, she was not walking. She was floating. Wow. And the faster I walked to get to my house, the faster she floated toward me. And by the time I would have gotten to my door, I'm getting chills just talking about this right now. The time I would have gotten to my door, because my door was on the western side of the house. I was coming from the eastern side. And by the time I would have gotten on the western side of the house to get to the door, to go in the house, she would have intercepted me. I'm watching that lady floating and I'm going as fast as I can to get to that western side of the house and that lady who was already halfway between the western side of the house and where she was, she was already halfway to my western side of my house. And I remember that the window on the eastern side of the house was open 
And I jumped straight through the window into my house and pulled in the window. Wow. And so ever since then, I hadn't walked late at night again until I was old enough to drive a car. So (laughs) those are some of the experiences that we have had. Now, my wife and I were speaking this afternoon, and and, um, we were trying to work on a theory. Is it possible that what we see is what we were taught, and so it is our imagination and not reality? Is it something from colonial times we are in? Um, Because slaves were running away from the plantations, and because the overseers knew that as Africans we had certain superstitions and customs and they manipulated us with those customs and superstitions by feeding us what we believed. Because I realize or I recognize that a lot of the stories, for instance, uh, Sunday night we spoke with uh, the Mighty Pat, a well-known local Calypsonian, and his music is on um, Amazon. You can buy his records on Amazon or even on Spotify, but he's all over the internet now. But we were speaking and he mentioned the jack-o'-lantern and then you mentioned your dad talking about the place burning. I mean, sorry, the fires in the places, but nothing is burning. And I, and I remember when I was in college, I wrote a paper, which I told mighty Pat last week when I spoke to him, I wrote a paper on the jack-o'-lantern on, on, on Caribbean folklore, you know, and I got three college credits for that story. So here it is that Mighty Pat spoke about it Sunday night. You're speaking about it tonight and about seven or eight years, well, actually, yeah, about eight years ago, nine years ago when I was doing my master's, I wrote a paper and got college credit for it on Caribbean folklore, and it had to deal with the jack-o'-lantern. So I'm wondering if a lot of what we believe to be true as Caribbean people, if it were not fed to us by those who oversaw us, or are they truly superstitions we brought from Africa when we came over here? Based, based on my two experiences, I think this, like, my father will tell me the story and he'll go through my ear, one ear and come out the next. I never believe him because I never seen nothing. Okay. And sometimes I look from the dark to see what I see, nothing. Okay. But the two experiences I had with the, the cousin asking me if I told his mother anything and the sheep won't move, that's something I witnessed. Okay. And there was nobody standing in front of the sheep. And I was trying to shoo them on, and none wouldn't move. So based on those two experiences, I will say, it was the presence of something invisible. Okay. And I was not afraid. I wasn't frightened. All I know, I just, okay, you all ain't going to, don't want to move. I run, leave them, and then they run past me. Well, you, so, uh, go ahead. Uh-huh, I'm sorry. Okay. You, you go first. Huh? You go first. Yeah, I, that leaves me still being fearless of ghosts, the fact that one gave me the the, 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 um, the knowledge that he don't know who I am. 
Hey, it must not have been somebody from your neighborhood, but they knew the little boy and they knew his mother, but they mm-hmm. just didn't know you or your mother, as they would have went to your mother too. But yeah, right. But um, again, it's a lot of it's a lot of um things. Now, for instance, I have a daughter, and when she was a baby, she was in her crib and pointing at the men. And there was no man there, but she was pointing at the man. And I looked at my child and I looked at my wife and I said, don't tell me she got the same thing, you know? And I have, I remember, I'll tell you another story. Um, This happened in Texas. I was a police officer um, in a town that has a large university, a well-known university. And one night I came around the cemetery and I came around real hard in the police car. They had just taught us how to do the, when you're skidding, how to control your car. And I went around the corner on the dirt and I did that, my car fishtail, and I went around like they taught me and straightened it out and I hit a man. This was about 10 o'clock at night. I hit, I hit a man. And I was getting off at 11 o'clock. I called the dispatcher and I told him that I just hit someone and I have searched and I can't find a body. And if a body is located, they can reach me at home in the morning. And this was 30 years ago and I haven't received a phone call yet. Wow. And I know I hit somebody. <laughs> so I've, 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 I understand when people say that they have seen things, but I have also had the similar experiences and are they true? Are they real? I don't know. Sometimes I believe that they are real and sometimes I just don't know. But I think, go ahead. Yeah, I think what you're seeing could be, um, because my, my grandmother, my mother's mother was trying to explain to me why some people see and some don't uh-huh. and I will say you fit the, car- the category of a person who can see spirit I fit the one who don't see them okay. and what make me had a belief uh, make me believe that they are there are they around is with the two experience had I never had those two experiences I would still tell myself there's no such thing but I can't say that when I witness such uh, the two events well, I'm gonna give you another. I'm gonna give you another scenario on Saint Croix. Now, as you know, I was born on Saint Kitts, and I left Saint Kitts when I was 13 years old. I just made 64, and um, I spent 10 years on Saint Croix, and I spent like 30, 40 years in Texas, something like that. But anyway, I went home one summer to Saint Croix, and. My mother was telling me a story about a house that was built a few houses from where we, from where her property is, from where, from where um, our family built our home. And <laughs> the funny thing was, she said that one guy was building a house, and he found a skeleton, but he just built right over it when they were digging the foundation. 
I don't remember exactly which house it is. So in case anybody wants to come and ask me, I, I honestly, I don't remember exactly which house it is. My, my mom has passed away about uh, eight years ago, 12 years ago. But anyway, long story short, one day I was sitting outside and I asked my mom, I says, Mom, how old is that little boy who lived next door? He and the old lady. And my mother looked at me and said, oh, you see them too? <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. There's no oh. old lady and no little boy living next door. She asked me, so, oh, you see them too? So that makes you think, are these things real? Or is it your imagination? But if it's my imagination, how is it my mother sees the same thing? Is it hereditary? And then my um, we went to St. Croix. I remember back in 1989, 1989, 1990, my wife and I, it was 1988, my wife and I, we got married a year later. We went to St. Croix, we met in 1987. We went to St. Croix in 88, 89, 80, 88 Christmas into 89 January. We were just dating, nothing going on, just just good friends getting to know each other. And we went to St. Croix, and on the way back home from Christiansted, from the village, it's a place called Villa Rain. There's a traffic light there today. It's about a quarter mile from the cemetery. We saw a dog on the side of the road, but it had the face of a white guy an old sea captain with this craggly beard. His face was like a pancake. I looked at my wife. My wife looked at me. I said, no, I didn't just see that. And I turned around and went back. She said, no, 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 let's keep going. I said, no. I want to see that if I, if, what I, if I really saw a dog with a man's face. And I turned around and I went back, but it was gone. And so here again, am I seeing something and if I'm seeing something, why did my wife see the same thing? So is this real or is it not real? Now, I'm not just an ordinary person thinking this, right? As you know, academically, I hold a PhD. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not just speaking out of my mind. But we have people have said for years that they have seen these things. And even in our Bible, the Bible that we read, the King James Version, we, we see stories of people seeing ghosts. The Bible warns you against the, uh, the dead coming back. Um, we saw the story about the guy that had a donkey and um, the donkey wouldn't move and he kept whooping the donkey and the Bible says the donkey asked him, hey, man, why are you hitting me? And when that happened, uh, a, a death angel appeared in front of the guy. And he said, if that donkey had moved an inch, that's not the exact word he used, but he said, if the donkey hadn't gone any further, I would have killed you. Wow. So these things are all throughout the Bible. We, we, we know the story about Saul and the witch of Jendor. When he yeah. went, he went to the witch to get his uh, fortune told. You know, these 
are things that are there, but is academic academia are they ready to accept that these things do exist? Are they ready to accept these things do exist? And that's why a lot of people they question themselves. Am I seeing things? And you know what is so funny about this? I, um, I'm thinking back on the guy in D.C. trying to um, tell me that I was having an issue. But today when you look on TV, you see a lot of TV shows and they are talking about ghosts. They have electronic devices that are used to measure the presence of entities. And yet, when people say that they see stuff, we see the psychics, we've seen uh, people who are helping the police solve crimes, me being a police officer, they're helping the police solve crimes by being able to tell the police what happened in the past based on the items they have in the present. So I'm still thinking, did I see what I saw or was it truly my imagination? What are your thoughts? I think it's beyond your imagination. And my thought hearing you now, it's like my father telling me his stories. And like I say, I was not gifted to ever see anything. But the closest present I get to acknowledge one is there is with the sheep. Of course, when with my cousin and I was in the boiler, I had no, no experience whatsoever. And the fact that I am aware there they are there. I said, they can't see me, I can't see them, I don't worry. So sometimes from Charlestown, Nevis, where I was born, sometimes walking from Charlestown to Jessup's village is two miles. And it had a section there between the four seasons and Charlestown going towards my village. When you're walking, you can't see your hand. You can't see nothing. But you know you're walking on the street. Why you can't see anything? Because no light, it's pitch dark. And to know your hands are there, you got to put your hand in the sky to look at the stars and say, okay, I'm alive. <laughs> wow. That's how dark it was. But I was feeling. I wasn't afraid. And, and you know, I grew up having no fear of anything. I, I would walk in the cemetery. I would go sit in the cemetery and have lunch. I would... As a Police officer, I would park in the cemetery at night. That was one of the safest places. And nobody's going to come there and kill you. Because they don't want to be in there. And so I had no fear of the cemetery. I have no fear of the undead. I walk around. Sometimes you think you see something out of the corner of your eye, but then you look and you see nothing, so you just let it go. Sometimes you feel the presence of people. I, I can give you an example. Um, as a, I was a deputy sheriff uh, in Orlando. Uh, I worked for the sheriff's office where I retired, and I used to work off-duty. In, this, in my neighborhood, as a matter of fact, but we had an HOA, very strong HOA. And so they paid for officers to work off-duty uh, in the neighborhood. And one of the guys there, he died. I don't know what 
happened. I don't know what the relationship was in in the uh, in the office. I don't know any of that. But I do know at ten o'clock when I'm closing up the office, I have to take my keys and put them on the desk of the president of the HOA. And I'm telling you, I had to start leaving the lights on when I was going to the office or coming from the office. You felt as though there was somebody behind you. And if you turn on the lights, you would see them looking at you. And I got that feeling every time I went into that place. And so I took my wife one night and I told her, I says, hey baby, go take the keys up to the office for me. I never told her why. She went and took the keys up and she ran all the way back to where I was in the other office. About, say about four houses from where, I'm talking about the distance, about four houses distance from where the office is and in the inside to where I would be. She ran all the way back. She said, let's get out of here. I said, what's wrong? She says, I felt something evil in that place. And it was the same feeling that I would get. So fast forward, my partner, I never told her anything. And we had a conversation one day. And she says, you know, I hate going in there at night to drop the keys off. She says, it is so evil. And she's saying the same things that I felt and that my wife felt in that place. We don't know if it, we don't know if it was the guy that we were feeling. We don't know if it was something else that we were feeling. But there was something evil and you could feel there was something evil, and you could feel it right there. Let me take a station break, and we'll be right back. Okay. All right. Hi, this is C.G. Walwin. You're listening to Caribbean View. Hey, this is deep, man. This is this yeah. is real deep because it's it a it's it a lot of people out here, Ellie, who have had that experience, but they're afraid to say something because just like what the guy tried to do in D.C., they're afraid that they might get labeled. But there are a lot of people out here who have who have had that feeling. They just know when something is is not going to be right. You know, and I can go into something deeper, but I, I won't do it on this show. I'll tell you in person. But okay. um, it's people who have this experience, they try to keep it to themselves. They try to keep it to themselves because it can affect their job. And so they just keep their mouth shut. And uh, one last story I'm going to tell you, and then I'll open it up to you again. Um, back in Orlando again, I fell, I was going down the um, Orange Blossom Trail, a famous place here in Orlando. Um, 
back in the day, that was where everything used to happen that was wrong. And um, about 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm, this was like in 1990, I'm riding down the road with my FTO, my field training officer, and he said, I said to him, well, look out. And he said, what? I said, you're going to hit that man. He said, what man? I said, that man. He said, what man? The next day, they sent me to the psychiatrist. And the guy asked me, he said, do you see things that's not there? I said, no, sir, I was asleep. I said, I was just waking up. I was dreaming. And I just let it go at that. Because I, I don't want to sit here having to try to convince him of anything. So the easiest way was just, hey, I, I was asleep. Uh, I fell asleep in the car. When I was waking up, I was dreaming. And they accepted that and I just kept going. Okay. You know? So that's why I said it can affect a person's job, but these things do exist. And those of us who are believers in uh, the gospel, um, it's written all throughout the, the Bible. It's written throughout the Bible, through the New Testament and the Old Testament, but we overlook it a lot of times. But it, it does exist. All right, so what's it like out there in California? Have you... Have you um, seen anything in California? Have you had ex any experiences in California? No one. <laughs> like I said, I'm not afraid of the spirit. I'm afraid of um, the living. And the only experience I have over here is a touch of racism. <laughs> well, that is something What's that you're going to experience no matter where you go. It's, it's <laughs> part of the fabric of our society. Only thing that we can do is not become a part of it because even if it's um, aimed at us. We have a duty not to return it. You know, the, Jesus says, just love them. Just keep loving them, you know. Just keep loving them. There was a guy named Nicky, I forgot his last name, was a Puerto Rican. Uh, he became a preacher. And he was a gang member back in the 50s and 60s in New York. And he was real bad. And uh, someone tried to lead him to Christ, and he threatened to stab this person up, cut him up. And the person told him, it's okay, you can cut me up, but every piece that you cut is going to still say they love you. And so we just have to show people love, bro. You can't let them define who you are. So just keep rolling. All right? Yes. All right. Um, we got about 20 more minutes to make an hour. Um, I want, I want to delve into something since we're talking about ghosts. Um, I want to delve into something else. Have you ever heard of something called Santeria? Not. Okay. Oh, since I came, since, um, since I came to America, I heard of it from the Mexicans. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, there's Santeria, there's Palomayombe, uh, and those of us who are black, we black British, and, and and this is so ironic. If you're black and British, you believe in Obia. If you're black and French, you believe in Voodoo. If you're Spanish, you believe in Santeria and Palomayombe. Mm -hmm. So, it all depends on who colonized you, and what you believe. 
But now, you know, in Africa, in Nigeria, many of us came from Nigeria or from Ghana, from West Africa. And we brought a lot of the cultures with us. And one of the things in Africa that they practiced uh, among the Yoruba people was the seven African powers. And the seven African powers, they became the foundations for Santeria and for Voodoo and for Obia and for Palamayombe. Now, you remember when you were a child in St. Kitts or Nevis, your parents spoke about the Black Heart Man? Yes. Okay. The Black Heart Man is the priest. He's called a Palero. He's the priest in Palamayombe. And I can speak about this because I am versed in that topic. I've written a course for the police in Houston uh, back when we had an influx of Colombians and they were into Santeria and Palamayombe and our police officers were not. Uh, Here in, well, in Florida, I also wrote a course for police officers because I was trying to get my police instructor's license. I was an instructor in Texas and I'm, um, I'm also an instructor in Florida, police instructor. I still hold my active police instructor license in Texas because I still hold an active police license in Texas. Even though I'm in the Caribbean, I still have police credentials from Texas. But anyway, um, one of the things that we, we had in Texas was we had officers who did not understand that it doesn't matter what you believe. It just matters what the practitioner or the person who believes in that stuff believes. And so we had guys coming to jail on drug charges at the sheriff's office in Houston. And we had officers getting hurt, police officers getting hurt in trying to scuffle with these guys. And the only reason why they were scuffling is because these guys were wearing um, the amulets. And the amulets were their, how to put this, they were their protection. You've probably heard Caribbean people say they're going to Mr. Whatever to get a bath so they can get some protection. And so, right. And so these guys had these amulets around your neck. Well, once you come to jail, you cannot have anything around your neck. So you have to give it up. And then when you're leaving jail, they'll give it back to you. But these guys didn't understand that. So once I recognized that the officers were getting hurt, the inmates were getting hurt, I went to my supervisor and says, hey, we need to do some training. And this is the training that we need to do. And so I wrote a course. And it was on Santeria, basically. And um, we taught the deputy sheriffs just something simple you do. Simply tell the guys that you are taking it for their protection. And once they get released from jail, they will get it back. And the fights stopped. As simple as that was, the fight stopped. Now, there was a movie called Chucky. It was a doll that was going around killing people. And in that doll, there was a scene where he was doing a chant. He was making a chant. And if you listen to the words of the chant, you will understand that he was saying, Santeria, Palamayombe, 
Candomblé. And those are three religions, religion from South America and the two African religions over here. Well, they all are, but South America, Central America, and North America. That's the religions that he was chanting. And Santeria is a religion that that first began in Haiti, not Haiti, in um, Cuba. Because when the slaves were brought in from Africa into Cuba, they were force-fed Roman Catholicism. And instead of losing their lives or continuing to lose their lives, they chose to go ahead and accept the teachings of Catholicism. But they pulled a fast one on the overseers. They took their African God and they placed it inside of the Catholic saint. So when you go to a, a, a person's house and you see a, a picture of St. Elizabeth, you are actually looking at the god, the war god called Chango. And when you, when you were small, did you watch a movie? Did you watch a show called I Love Lucy? Yes. You remember Ricky Ricardo? Yes. You remember he used to say, Babaloo, 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 aye, Babaloo, 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 aye. He would make that chant. Yeah. And Babaloo is one of the gods of Santeria. He's the god that will heal you or make you sick. So sometimes we hear things and we don't know what we are saying, but we end up saying it, not realizing that what we're doing is paying homage to the ancestors the ones that went before. But anyway, I'm not going to take up much of your time. If you ever want to hear more about Santeria, I have a slideshow that, that, I, that I wrote that I used in the academy. And I can uh, send it to you. You can look at it if you, if you have an interest. But a lot of what we practice in the Caribbean, whether we are part of it or not, a lot of what we know as voodoo or obia or Santeria, or Palamayombe, it's really from the African religions that we brought over here. And some of us still practice. I don't. I know about it, but I don't practice that stuff. I don't believe in that stuff, I know, but I know it exists. And I know that it's not what I believe. It's what the person that's practicing believes. If you drive around Orlando, and I, saw, I was in Houston last week, and I saw it there, you will see the shops. They are called Botanicas, B-O-T-A-N-I-C-A, Botanica. When you see those, those are the shops of the practitioners of Santeria and quite possibly uh, Palamayombe. Those are the shops where those of us who came over and still hold the customs, that's where we can go if we really want to get hooked up with the past. But again, like I said, I don't believe in that and I don't practice it, but it's out there and you just need to understand that. Um, especially for those of us who are police officers. Um, one of the gods that they worship is the god Ogun. And the guys who worship Ogun, they will not hesitate to get into a fight with a police officer. And that's something I had to teach the police. Once you come across a person who's wearing those colors, leave them alone because you will end up getting hurt. 
because they have nothing to lose. And that's about it. All right. So you have any questions before we close out? Ah, well, no question, but I've learned a lot tonight. <laughs> well, you know, that's what Caribbean views are all about. You know, we, we deal with issues within our community. And again, we have all heard of the black heart man, but we never really knew how he came about. I'd recommend two movies to you whenever you get a chance. One movie is called uh, True Believers with Martin Sheen. It tells you everything you want to know about Santeria. And then the other one is Serpent and the Rainbow. It deals with voodoo. It's an old movie from the 70s. It deals with voodoo in Haiti. Um, Serpent and the Rainbow. So those two movies will give you um, a great understanding. And if you're an academician like me, if you... If you really want to read something or, or, or do some research, um, there is a there's a story about a young man, and I'm gonna call his name because it's in the public domain. Uh, Mark Kilroy, Mark Kilroy from Texas. Uh, I want to say back in the in the 70s or 80s. Um, he sorry, the 80s or the 90s. I want to think it's the 80s. He went down to uh, Mexico on the spring break, and he never came home because he was killed, allegedly, by, he was killed by some practitioners of uh, Palamayombe and Santeria. And according to what I read, he was killed because the Palero or the Santero needed powers to help get his drugs across the border, allegedly. And he, the God that he was uh, worshiping told him to get the brain of a young white college student and that would help him to defeat the police in getting his drugs across the border, allegedly. As a result, the young man lost his life and so did the Polero. Um, you can look up the story. Uh, the Mexican authorities, they did everything they could to clean the area of the evil spirits uh, based on what I read and what I saw. And you can look it up again. Look up Mark Kilroy and you'll find that information about what I'm making reference to. Again, I wasn't there. I'm just reading. I'm just reciting what I read and what's mm -hmm. posted on the internet. But these religions have a way, some of them have a way of causing harm. You just have to be careful with what you're getting involved with. Here in Orlando, um, in Orlando, I remember about maybe 10, 15 years ago, the police received a call about someone who was taking goats into a room into, in the backyard and killing them. And when animal cruelty showed up, he was not only killing the goats, he was also eating them, but it was part of their religion. And we have to understand in America that we have freedom of religion. We have a right to worship how we choose. And those are religions, as long as they don't break any laws. Beyond that, yeah, to each his own. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to pause again for station identification. And when we return, I'll give you the last word. Okay. 
Hi, this is C.G. Walwin. You're listening to Caribbean Views. All right. I'll be back. And I'm going to give you the last word, sir. You have my final words. I just want to say thank you for having me on your show tonight. I've learned a lot from just listening to you. And I'm aware of a lot of things that I try to not even think about it. Such as they are known because it's hard to make a person a believer of what you experience, uh, what you see. In this case, is what I experienced, not what I saw. And listening to you, based on what you told me you saw, it was like listening to my father telling me these stories. And I never used to believe him, but since I'm listening to, I'm picturing him telling me the story and you saying what you saw most of the time. Got to be true. You see what you saw. And they are there, but only certain people can see these things. So I must say you are gifted with that and continue to teach people and hope they will understand that they are for real. Well, I want to tell you thank you for coming on the show. Um, I used up 53 minutes of your life. I just pray that I was able to contribute something positive to it. And I look forward to having you on the show again. I want to thank you. And thank you. Please feel free to come back on the show whenever you choose. Good night, and may God bless you. May God bless the United States. Thank you. Good night. Hi, this is C.G. Walwin. You're listening to Caribbean Views.